At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. They say there's no two people on earth exactly the same. No two faces, no two sets of fingerprints. But do they know that for sure? Because they would have to get everybody together in one huge space. <laughs> and obviously that's not possible, even with computers. But not only that, they'd have to get all the people who ever lived, not just the ones now. So they got no proof. They got nothing. Mrs. Soprano may have passed, but who's to say there isn't another Mrs. Soprano just like her, or will be? Maybe not with the same fears and paranoia, but the same. What I'm saying is, Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Are we on the air? Boom, boom, down. Boom, boom, down. Boom, boom, down. Time for our journey to begin. Thank you for listening to OK Talk, the producers and financial backers of this talk podcast. would like to state that the views expressed in this episode and the language used herein do not reflect the views of management recorded in a feverish haze The next hour may offend some and will undoubtedly turn off many. Please don't let this particular episode prevent you from listening to OK Talk further. I assure you, the hosts have been roundly reprimanded. Please accept our heartfelt apology beforehand. If you do wish to continue, we hope you enjoy and are not too offended by this episode of OK Talk. Join us online, OKTalk.com. .podbean.com, on Facebook at OK Talk Show, and on Twitter at the same. And feel free to email the show with any questions, concerns, or comments at OKTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Considering the severe reprimand that the hosts have received, and the fact that a measly 11 people have rated this show in iTunes and given it a positive review, please note, management may take action and pull the plug. If you are one of the thousands of people who are listening to this show but can't take 30 seconds out of your day to rate or review it, do know that your failure to act may in fact end this podcast. All that being said, please enjoy another episode of OK Talk. I had this buddy in college. His name was Kyle. Kyle Wilhausen was a college-level golfer out in Abilene. His brother was actually on the Nike tour. Kyle was, man, one of the silliest characters I've ever run across. We called him Killer. One night, we had been out late. He wanted me to swing by Waterburger on the way home. It's, you know, like after two. So we pull up to the drive-thru, look over at Kyle. I was like, hey, buddy, what do you want? And I mean, he was practically asleep. He was so twisted. And he looked at me with his eyes like half open. And he leaned over and he held his hand up, two fingers. And he goes, hey, I'll take two babs and a double doubler. And at that point, I didn't even know that a bob was a breakfast on the bun. And Lord knows what a double doubler exactly is. Best ever order in a fast food line. Yeah, give me uh, two babs and a double doubler. Genius.
So there's the, another me walking around out there. There's there's another you. <laughs> yeah. No. Hopefully this will be loud enough in here. Have you ever? Have you, I, before we get to that, have you ever had? Has anybody ever come up to you and said, "I saw someone that looks just like you or sounds just like you"? Um, I can't think. I've had people say they've seen someone that looks like me. I think. Yeah, but I, I haven't had it. This is the first time I got sent some audio from a friend who says there's a guy in her office that sounds exactly like me, and I didn't believe it at first. I was like, "No, there's no way. I'm too, I'm too original." Yeah, and so they secretly taped the sounds so shadily done. <laughs> like, let me hide the recorder. <laughs> it really does, like hiding it, like speaking to this flower. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, don't even, I don't even think it's that that well done. I think it was probably just hidden over, just underneath the wall of a cubicle or something. But Yeah, no, just recently I had someone that I thought knew perfectly well who I was tell me that they didn't know who I was. <laughs> In the in the very parking lot that's outside, opposite, that's an opposite problem. I've never seen you before. <laughs> what are you What are you talking about? Um. Uh. But yeah, she said this guy sounds just like you, and he said I was I was hesitant to believe it, but uh, I was sent this piece of audio, and I don't know. I guess it could probably speak for itself. Yeah, since you're speaking. Yeah. If we could get you to get go a little, way off microphone. A little back-to-back. Mm-hmm. I write down everything, and then I'm like, do you need, do you need, do you need? Like, I both put yeah. the so I got questions. I don't know. What do you think? Do-de-do-de-do-de-do. <laughs> I write down everything, and then I'm like, do you need, do you need, do you need? Like, I both put the yeah. so I got questions. It sounds exactly like you. If you heard that without... Like, without being prompted by anything, if, if someone just played that, you'd say that was me? Yes. No question. I think I would, too. I think I would question whether or not that was that was me saying that, which is a weird feeling mm-hmm. to me, to hear somebody that sounds just like me, especially considering, you know, what we do. Right. Not that I'm under any sort of illusion that I'm unique, but it's still a weird thing. It's like, well, that's a little creepy. It is. What did I tell you the other day in that text that that's a phenomenon that is often associated with various paranormal activity is hearing voices that sound like somebody that you know or a relative. Right. A lot of times that's like asking for help or just hearing it out of nowhere or uh huh, hearing it over the phone or something like that. Yeah, no, like outside. Like, yeah, yeah. And in fact, I think that's a, I can think of different reported Sasquatch stories in which they felt like they would hear themselves in the woods calling for the dog. So the the person would hear their own voice? Yeah. Or like a, a family member, how they would call for the dog yeah. to come out to the woods like it was mimicking a person. Really? To draw something out? That's interesting. I've never heard... So you're saying that it would hear someone, say, on the porch calling for the dog to come in. Yeah, like... And it would repeat that back. Yeah, like, let's say you were at your house and you're sitting on your porch with your dog. Yeah. And it's a quiet night. And then all of a sudden you hear your brother in the woods saying, Come here, boy. That's weird. Isn't it? That's yeah. creepy. That's real creepy. I had not known that was part of the So that's that's attributed to uh Sasquatch? Um or just in, some other sort in, of in that particular story that I you know, I know that I've heard or read or whatever. Yeah. That yeah. It was uh sounds almost like a witchcraft type thing. I know, right? Yeah. But again, you know, makes you wonder sometimes when people say that they're out in the woods and people something's throwing rocks at them, you know, Mm -hmm. that that's basically poltergeist activity. Yeah. Who's to say there's not a a haunt in the woods? Yeah. So have you watched uh, 
any of the show on A and E Cursed? No. The Bell Witch story. I know all about the Bell Witch story, but I'm not. There's a A and E show about it. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the, you know, descendants of John Bell, who's like a former police officer, and he's basically goes to you know the area and mm-hmm. it's um it's not bad there's some weird stuff that happens in it he's got a sidekick that's pretty funny an old military running buddy <laughs> um and who is who has a trusty hound that's with him what are you here boy what are you here <laughs> he's on to something but it's not you know there's moments when I'm just like, oh gosh, get on with it. But they're digging into the history. And I even said last week that I was just like, why haven't they gone to the cave? The cave is the famous thing, you know, the right, Bell Witch exactly. Cave. And I think that was brought up at the end of the last one. Well, you do know there was a cave. <laughs> That's the big cliffhanger. I mean, they've definitely drug out. This is probably something that they did over like a weekend. And yeah, it's, and it's drug out. And it's an hour long show. It's it's not bad, though, compared to some of the crap that's out there. I mean, I'd always be willing to watch more, but that's a, that's a real creepy story. Right, and it makes me, you know, the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Of which that was pretty much based on or whatever, or used for inspiration. Blair Witch Project kind of changed my life. I remember seeing that in a theater. Mm-hmm. When it first came out. And I was not, I mean, I was using the internet back then, but it was, it, I was not savvy enough to try to research what was really going on with the movie. So there was still, it was still in that time frame where there was a question about whether or not what you were seeing was real. Oh, for sure. Which was an amazing period of time, to be honest. Like, I, I don't, I don't think you could ever recapture that because it was just early enough internet to where, that story was getting out that this was the, Oh, this, this is real, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, not, not to the extent where you can easily figure out that it wasn't. Yeah. It's crazy that Eduardo Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, who also did exist. And I remember seeing it in the, um, one of the theaters in downtown Fort Worth. I remember how shocking it was to see, the shaky cam first person mm-hmm. part of it really was creepy. And now that just looks like everything else that's on TV <laughs> to the point where, I mean, it really created a, a phenomenon. I, one of the, one of the most terrifying things of that entire experience was, I forget what it was somewhere in the middle of the movie, but when things were starting to really get hairy and they're finding little, little figures in the woods mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, there was a dog in the theater. I, I didn't know it. What? There was a dog a row behind me. He senses something. He's yeah. in here. I had no idea it was there, but it started barking. And Jeez. I me and probably everybody else, you know, that was within that could hear it well jumped. This was a really tense moment. We all jumped and uh I don't know the dog eventually left. I, I never I could never figure out why the dog was there. My yep. girlfriend at the time suggested it was a seeing eye dog, but that didn't make any sense to me because we were at a movie. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I really wasn't sure what was going on. That's true. In that in that situation, I guess it could have been some sort of emotional support animal. I did know a deaf guy who had like 12-inch speakers in the back of his Volkswagen Bug, <laughs> and he would bass so loud that we could hear him come in like yeah. three blocks away. Well, he could at least feel it. Yeah. yeah. He was like, I feel the vibrations. <laughs> feel it, feel it. That's the way he talked. His name was Dax. Dax Nut was his name. It's funny you mentioned the, the Bell True Witch. Story. I- <laughs> True story. I was talking to my mom, and I needed this is something for a later show. No, no yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me that. I think I, I, I do think I posted that. I was like, this is, this is how we come up with such great stories. It's text <laughs> messages like this from Matt to me. Dude, I just found out my aunt's a witch. <laughs> so my my aunt, ding, 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 ding. my aunt June, which I think I erroneously labeled her as my grandma's sister. It's actually my grandfather's sister. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she's the one who had the haunted house out in Virginia, the old house where I tried to take ghost pictures. And she's sort of the keeper of all those stories in the family. You know, mm-hmm. the the weird history of, of that side of the family. So I was talking to my mom the other night, and I was kind of telling her about how I talked about Aunt June. And she said, well, did, did she ever tell you Aunt Clary stories? I said, no, I don't know. I The name sort of rang a bell, but I didn't know what it was about. And uh, she said, yeah, there was a witch on that side of the family. Like, a, a, I mean, however you want to describe it, a legit witch, to, to the point where people believed that if you wronged Aunt Clary, something bad was going to happen to you. And my mom used the word bell witch, and I was like, wait, wait a minute, what? Because that's, that's intense. If it, if it has anything to do with that sort of type thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm efforting to... You know she's she's getting on up there. She doesn't get around all that well, but I'm efforting to get her on the phone and record some of these stories and bring those bring those to you because I really I mean I just for my own personal history I want to know about it, but uh, they sound pretty incredible. Yeah, and you want to get it done before yeah they pass on, or else you'll have to talk to them through the Ouija board. Exactly, and I'm afraid to mention the name of Aunt Clary on the Ouija board because she might come through. <laughs> never know what might happen there. Um, do you... Do you remember Bloody Mary? Yes. Do you remember doing it as a kid? I never did it. I would never do it. Too scared? I was too scared. Yeah. It, it hit really big in third grade for me. Is when that was that was really a thing, which would have been, you know, late eighties. Let's don't date ourselves. To the <laughs> but yeah, um, I remember. I remember the the girls in class always talking about going to the to the girls' restroom and turning out the lights and doing doing Bloody Mary, and I, everyone was too scared and ran out. Right. Yeah, but I never. I would never do it. I went to. Uh, it was like in some. It was either a summer... It must have been a summer camp, daycare kind of thing. Yeah. And one day, either our normal teacher was out, maybe, and so one of the younger people was in charge for the day, and it just kind of got out of hand. And it's one of those things where there's kind of kids of every age at that place. And... So a bunch of kids started going in the bathroom and doing it, and it was just wilding out, you know, just everybody running out of the bathroom. And, rah, rah. and it reached sort of a level of hysteria to where one of the directors of the camp or whatever came into the, you know, I'm sure we are in like some, what do they call those, like the, the portables? Yeah. <laughs> like a portable building, you know, yeah. as a classroom. Anyway. And the director came in there and was like, there's, you know, y'all need to settle down. There's no such thing as this Bloody Mary. And all of a sudden, out of the back of the room, you hear this, I am the ghost of Bloody Mary. (laughs) And one of those kids had a recorder and had recorded that in the middle of that mayhem and just decided to play it right then. It was like a drop. I am the ghost. And I mean, every kid in there screamed <laughs> and ran. That kid has a future in radio. There's got to be something to that, though, right? The bloody, I mean, there's got to be a reason that that starts. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what, the, you know, I've heard. I've heard theories that it's just your eyes adjusting and you start to see things in the mirror. But um, I don't I, 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 I don't know where it came from. I, I don't. Now, now's the point in the show where I Google. <laughs> Bloody Mary. Dun, 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 dun. I, I do know that there had to be a, a classroom edict go down that no more no more doing Bloody Mary in the in the girls' restroom. <laughs> I still think it probably went on. Now I, I don't remember it ever being a thing beyond my third grade year. It, it I don't I don't know what it was about that time period, but I guess it, uh, it it didn't seem to extend to it, it reached its craze and yeah 
and then slowed. And then it died off. Um, I do want to go back to the sort of sound-alike thing that we talked about. I had mentioned on our Facebook page a long time ago for people to send us creepy stories and a buddy of ours, Lane, which we spoke about in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. He messaged me and he said he had this story from 2002 where he and a group of friends were using AOL Instant Messenger chat. Did you spend, mm. spend a lot of time on AOL Instant Messenger? No, I actually avoided AOL. <laughs> I participated in the let's go dump all of the AOL CDs on AOL's lawn. Yeah. And did participate in that. But Nice. I don't think I ever was really in an AOL chat. My uh, my first girlfriend broke up with me over AOL Instant Messenger. Mm. It was a real, it was a real great time in my life. We're done here. <laughs> I remember it was like an hour long conversation, and just, me just going, "What are you doing? Like, why? What? What is going on?" It just really seems like we're not going anywhere, Matt. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> I'm sure I was a sad sack about it. And then she went on and dated my best friend for a while. It was mm. a really, really positive moment in my life. The girls are cold. <laughs> but that was, uh, I always remember that as being uh, extra cruel over AOL Instant Messenger. Anyway, Lane says that they created a group chat with he and a bunch of friends to talk about <laughs> what they were doing that night. He says they called the room... Something like, hey, everybody, what are we doing tonight? That was the name of the, the chat room that they created. And so there were eight or ten of them in there. They were spent a couple hours chatting, uh, talking about parties and quoting different shows and things like that. So they end up, I guess, figuring out where they're going to go. And everyone signs off, but Lane leaves the window active. He just sort of walks away from the computer and goes out that night. So he comes back later and finds the chat room is still active, which this was, you know, a private chat room, right? Or just a private group chat. Right. And apparently at some point in there, a whole other set of friends. So they're in what I assume Texas, the Austin area, I would I would guess if it was college. And he says a whole other group of friends from California had signed on ended up in that same group chat. So I don't know if they created the same group chat name and they got funneled into that or, or what happened. But a whole other group of eight to ten friends ended up in this chat room and he says that their conversation was exactly the same as the conversation that, that he and his friends had had previously down to like the shows that they were talking about, like all the different quotes and things. And I mean, you know, pop culture is pop culture, but... He said it was it was eerie looking at this group of people that were having the exact same conversation on the on the other side of the country that they were. And they were people that he knew, obviously. No, he did not know them. These these were complete strangers that he And so I guess the first question is why did Why did why was he able to see it? Does that make sense? Yeah, and I asked him that, and he said he had left that group. He had left that, and, and I guess I don't remember how it all worked back then, but from what I can remember, you could set up private rooms, basically, and everybody could join in the private room. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was a case of that room was still active and all these other people joined into that room because Lane said he left it running. So I guess that kept the room open, maybe, and they all joined into that room, it's or okay. they created a room with the same name, and it, and they all ended up in that same chat. I don't really know how that worked, but yeah, he said, I, I assume that if he had closed it down, he wouldn't have been able to see it, but since he left it running, he was sort of this fly on the wall for this whole other group of friends that had shuffled into this room, and let me quote exactly what he said to me here because he he says it was eerie this was before social networking in its modern form so everyone still thought they were unique and he said it kind of signaled to us that we were were not all that special and our group of friends is the same as a million others i'm sure there are probably 
two people sitting around having the same kind of conversations that we are somewhere in the world. But uh, it's still an eerie feeling, the same as if I hear another person that sounds exactly like me in the same general area, not just some, somewhere on the other side of the country. So there must be a lot of people out there that probably sound just like me. I guess that's just bizarre and sort of falls into the, I mean, the high strangeness thing. Mm-hmm. It also got me thinking that I needed to look and see if I could find one of these mimic stories. The Bigfoot mimic stories? Yeah. So this is the point where... Pause for editing. We live in such a great information age. Hang on just a sec. I was going to see if... uh, It's just like looking into the soul of a madman googling some of this stuff you know <laughs> pull up a website and it's just like the format is shitty the font it's, it's is all a, over the place oh my gosh it's just like vomit on a page and just trying to sift through it someone just had to get their ideas out there badly enough let me tell you the folklore of bloody mary real quick oh you got it yeah all right Bloody Mary is a folklore legend consisting of a ghost, phantom, or spirit conjured to reveal the future. She's said to appear in a mirror when her name is called three times. The Bloody Mary apparition may be benign or malevolent, depending on historic variations of the legend. Historically, the ritual encouraged young women to walk up a flight of stairs backwards while holding a candle and a hand mirror in a darkened house. As they gazed into the mirror, they were supposed to be able to catch a view of their future husband's face. There was, however, a chance that they would see a skull or the face of a grim reaper instead, Mm. indicating that they were destined to die before they would have the chance to marry. Oh, I have heard that legend. Yeah, now that you read that. In the ritual of today, Bloody Mary allegedly appears to individuals or groups who ritualistically invoke her name in an act in front of a mirror. This is done by repeatedly chanting her name. She's seen covered in blood. The lore surrounding the ritual states that participants may endure the apparition, may endure the apparition screaming at them, cursing them, strangling them, stealing their soul, drinking their blood or scratching their eyes out. That was the one I always heard was the was if you stayed in there too long, it would scratch you. I think that was what was the fear. So I guess re- it would come out of the mirror and scratch you. Like I don't, I don't remember what, or if it would appear behind you and scratch you. Man, if I would have seen it in the mirror, I wouldn't give it an attempt to. <laughs> would be gone. Gone out. But yeah, what you were talking about the uh, illusion. So s- staring into a mirror in a dimly lit room for a prolonged period can cause one to hallucinate. Hmm. Wow, why did I even need to eat all those mushrooms? (laughs) Facial features appear to melt, distort, disappear, and rotate, while other hallucinatory elements such as animal or strange faces may appear. Yeah, yeah, it's something to do with... The strange face illusion. It's something to do with a, a, a dark room with just like a candle or something Mm -hmm. that's supposed to make you see things. I guess it's almost like sensory deprivation. Maybe. I'd love to try that one day. I'd love to try one of those sensory deprivation tanks. Where you, uh, like what, like wear a blindfold and. Uh, Yeah. Then they like lock you in a thing where you can't hear anything or, uh, you know, feel anything really. I think, I guess you're floating or something. Um, yeah, you know, and I, I hear stories of people, uh, doing that and they, they, they will start to, after a little while, they'll start to experience hallucinations, not like people, but just like colors and all sorts of crazy stuff like that. I think, I think the company is called iTrip maybe, or, um, but one of the, what they do is they have different, like basically like tones and beats and stuff. And it's like an audio track. And you do that where you, you know, darkened room and you 
wear headphones and lay oh, down. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've heard about that, too. I forget what that's called. But, yeah, it's these, when you wear the headphones and all you're listening to are these little these little sub-audible beats or, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and, and a lot of them are like, you know, they're like kind of like house music type. Yeah. Something like that. But basically. But it's supposed to make. The tones, you know, the way that they explain it, like the tones can even invoke color and. Yeah. Which I totally believe because, I mean, I've been at a number of concerts where there was audio hallucination of the highest order. Yeah was happening yeah i've heard yeah i've heard those i mean i know people use those to go to sleep because they can be relaxing ones but i've heard them that if you get one that doesn't mesh well with you it can make you feel really really uneasy really uncomfortable (laughs) like nickelback yeah exactly (laughs) that's generally mine there's a modern twist i don't know how modern it is but there's a i i had heard about this over the last few years on the the Bloody Mary thing called the Three Kings game. I don't know if you've heard that. Mm-mm. Do tell. Basically, you set up, and this is a very long explanation, but you set up three chairs, or you set up one chair in a dark room, and in front of you, you have two chairs facing you basically. So you're kind of making a triangle of chairs, right? Mm -hmm. And in the two opposite chairs, you put a mirror in each chair facing you. And there's a bunch of other things, a bucket of water, a fan, a lot of of different things going on here, but it's basically that set up with candles and in a dark room. You set that up at midnight, you go to sleep and you wake back up at 3.30. The witching hour. Yep. And it says, if all is going as planned, you can proceed and take your throne, which is your chair. Do not look directly at either of the two mirrors beside you, and do not let the candles go out. Look straight ahead at the darkness, not at the candle, not at the mirrors, just straight ahead. I won't spoil what happens next. Suffice to say, you won't be alone. And if you have questions, you'll get answers. Just stay put and try not to move. Again, do not look at directly at the mirrors. So apparently that's another situation where if you look at the mirrors, you'll see, I guess the theory is a, a skull or something like that, something similar to the it's like the don't, Mary. Don't look into the mirror. Because you're going to see something. Yeah, you're going to see. I guess it... But the point is to show you that you do need to see something. Right. I guess the idea is that you're conjuring something in the in the mirrors that can answer your questions. I mean, that's, that's you know, that's Ouija board type stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's opening doors that I... Were to remain closed. <laughs> I would prefer not to open. I'll... I'll I'll read this story real quick to wrap up the the sound-alike doppelganger type thing. This is a story about a doppelganger. Uh, this is coming from a story. An American writer who interviewed a, a German girl in the 1840s who told him one of her teachers was a French woman named Emily Saget or Saget. Uh, it apparently she had a double that would appear and disappear in front of the students during class. Whoa. So her story goes that in the middle of class one day, while Saget was writing on the blackboard, her double appeared beside her. The doppelganger copied the teacher's every move as she wrote, except that it did not hold any chalk. The event was witnessed by 13 students in the classroom. A similar incident was reported at dinner one evening when her doppelganger was seen standing behind her, mimicking the movements of her eating, although it held no utensils. It did not always echo her movements, though. On several occasions, 
It would she would be seen in one part of the school when it was known she was in another. And the most astonishing instance of this took place in full view of the entire student body. On a summer day in 1846, the girls were assembled in the school hall for their sewing and embroidery lessons. Should bring that back. <laughs> As they sat at the long tables working, they could clearly see Saget in the school's garden gathering flowers. Another teacher was supervising the children. When the teacher left the room to talk to the headmistress, Saget's doppelganger appeared in her chair, while the real Saget could be seen in the garden. The students noted that the movements in the garden looked tired while the doppelganger sat motionless. Two girls approached the phantom and tried to touch it, but felt an odd resistance in the air surrounding it. One girl actually stepped between the teacher's chair and the table, passing right through the apparition, which remained motionless. It then vanished. So that's definitely like applying it as a spirit. Right. Well, I mean, the term doppelganger is a German word. Meaning double walker or goer. Mm-hmm. Which is horrible English for some Germans. <laughs> Come on, Germans, get it together. I always kind of felt like there's a couple things going on. Either it's either it's alien related, basically men in black looking like somebody to do some, you know, yeah. bidding. Like spying or something like that. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Did you watch The Sopranos? No. <sighs> I'm sorry. There's a fabulous Fabulous fucking scene. And it's, man, this is weird. No, it's not Thanksgiving. I was about to say it must have been a Thanksgiving situation, but it wasn't. It was uh, at a wake. And they're all there for either Tony's mom or I think it must have been her wake. And Christopher is high as balls on heroin or something. Who knows? And he's like, they say two there's no two people on exactly earth the exactly same. the same. No two faces, no two sets of fingerprints. But do they know that for sure? Because <laughs> they would have to get everybody together in one huge space. <laughs> and obviously that's not possible, even with computers. And not only that, they'd have to get all the people who ever lived, not just the ones now. So they got no proof. They got nothing. Mrs. Soprano may have passed, but who's to say there isn't another Mrs. Soprano just like her? Or will be. Maybe not with the same fears and paranoia, but the same. I mean, what I'm saying you know, they're is kind of building that, you know, he's on heroin and the family's yes. kind of figuring out that he's very untrustworthy. Right. As he prepares to take over the business. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. If it's somebody that just looks a lot like you, you know, there's a lot of that that goes on. Sure. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, we see actors that look a lot like people, right? you know, and one of the reasons that you see them is because, well, they're actors. So you see them, you know, everybody kind of sees them and there's this conscious. Yeah. But I mean, if it's just some dude. Yeah. It, I mean, out of the 7 billion people on earth, there's probably some dude in, I don't know, Europe or something that looks exactly, <laughs> exactly like us. Now, it seems to me that like a lot of those tales of people that have run across people that look like them or where they ran into their own doppelganger. It yeah. was like supernatural. Maybe not that it was a spirit, but that Yeah. That's where I kind of feel like the alien. Here's a here's a story that says in a case that suggests that doppelgangers might have something to do with time or a dimensional shift. Mm-hmm. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, an 18th century German poet, confronted his doppelganger. That's Guter. Um, you know, that's Guter. Yeah. Seriously, you know who he is. It's not van, von Goethe. <laughs> you know who that is, right? No. He what? wrote, um, was most famous for the, the, the sell your soul to the devil story. I'll have to look that one up. Shit. <laughs> 
Like it's on the bookshelf. It's super popular. Um, he confronted his doppelganger while riding on the road to Drusenheim. Riding toward him was his exact double, but wearing a gray suit trimmed in gold. Eight years later, he was again traveling on the same road in the opposite direction and realized he was wearing the gray suit trimmed in gold he had seen eight years earlier. That's kind of creepy. Okay, let me... This is going to be funny if... He really will have a doppelganger if this is not the same Van Gooder. That is not how it's spelled, I can tell you that. No, 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 I know exactly yeah. what you're I know what you're talking about. It's just it's really gonna th- that's really gonna mess with me if that's not the same guy. Wouldn't that be appropriate? You know, sometime we need to talk about Shakespeare. Yeah. And Francis Bacon. Yeah. You familiar with any of that business? Yeah. A lot of these stories here seem to suggest that they are some sort of premonition. Percy Shelley apparently saw his doppelganger. Faust. 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 Yes. You know, Faust selling his soul to the devil? Yes, Faust. Yes. There you go. That was really bothering me. <laughs> You're familiar with Faust? Yes. Okay. But, but, okay, so the author? Like, I always heard his name when pronounced in English. That it's, seriously, comes out as like Gooder. How is it spelled? The same way. G-O-E-T-H-E. Oh. I mean, it's Wolfgang von Gooder. But I don't think, I mean, obviously... That's beside the point. But, like, he also did the, uh... Okay, so I'll just tell you this. This is why I know a lot of this weird stuff. So, in uh, Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicle thing, Mm -hmm. she uses this, like, Lestat basically uses Faust as, uh, like, sort of the philosophical, you know you're a vampire so you're deal with the devil kind of thing to live this long you must have you know and you have to take life or whatever yeah the really crazy thing is like and one reason why she's awesome is like she would talk about like he had a human friend that um ran this uh, paranormal organization and and this dude showed up in like the witching hour so like the you know she wrote like a trilogy about the witches in new orleans which is really good too, the Mayfairs. Mm-hmm. Mayfair Chronicles, I think it was the name of it. And she would always like place them in real places. You know, they're always at a museum. One of them is the sculpture of Mephistopheles. And they had a huge conversation about God and the devil and mm-hmm. Job and how, you know, the devil and God are going back and forth over a person's soul. And just, I just think it's kind of awesome that you could be that dude, have like the super famous play about you because Faust is, you know, yeah. performed all over the world for hundreds of years and have writings that are considered philosophical canon. And then I saw a doppelganger one day too. <laughs> Myself writing towards me. This is kind of the thing with, like, these people. You know, these people. People like this guy and people like... Like Da Vinci. So they're tapped into something else? I mean... I'm either the biggest sucker or, like, I can't... I can't come up with a better explanation for stuff than the ancient alien theory. I can't. I can't when you just think of the term the renaissance and the jump 
from when we were cavemen, practically, in the Dark Ages. I mean, think about the terms that we're talking about here of human history. Yeah. And what was the one thing... So, if you if you look at Genesis and the garden and the story of the garden and creation and the the tree that they weren't supposed to eat from the tree of knowledge and it's like by eating the fruit from the tree of knowledge they knew that they were naked and they knew that they should cover themselves and everything was blissful and perfect until then then they're cast out and they have, it's them and their sons, Cain and Abel. And then all of a sudden, Cain and Abel have wives and there's other people on the planet. Which yeah. always threw me off with the really, like, hardcore creation story as a kid. But if you start to think about the knowledge aspect of it. And let's say that you take the contemporary view of the Bible's kind of description of the world. You don't have to take it. Literally. All of it literally, yeah. right? But seriously, we kind of spun into this time frame mm. when it was evident that early humanity at some point, I mean, the pharaohs and the Egyptians, and we know of the sculptures and the sphinx and the pyramids and all of that existed. And then humanity is dredged into... Basically, uh, Monty Python and the quest for the Holy Grail. Right. And again, the quest for the Grail. It's like, but then all of a sudden these dudes that have no, like no reason for Galileo to just be like, well, let me tell you what's really going on. Or Da Vinci. It's not just the, the painting and all that stuff, which is amazing, but the study of the body and the flying machines yeah, that he created inventions and then you start looking all over the world and it's like the japanese creation theory is that basically this ship washed up on shore and a woman got out of the ship which they kind of describe as like an egg and she has a box and it's like whatever's in the box is like basically what propelled the civilization for thousands of years. Yeah. Whatever this information was that they had, or, you know, that the Indians, you know, their creation myth is that basically the ant people came here and showed us how to do stuff. You've got pyramids all over the globe in different time frames by cultures that were not supposed to have communicated. What 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 else what else? I, I, it's hard to imagine something beyond I mean you're you're looking at either chance or you're looking at there's got to be some over uh, one step higher function that's going on there there has to be yeah what's really fascinating remember the first time you saw Indiana Jones and it's like the holy grail and why are the nazis after it and yeah but that they really were after the Holy yeah. Grail. They really did destroy, you know, and ransack places. And, you know, apparently that's what ISIS is doing now. Have you heard yeah, any yeah. of this about, like, that they're going in to as old of places as we have. And they have, like, construction projects where they're, like, digging way down into the ground. They move in in the middle of the night into an area in Iraq. Looking for something looking for something or that they definitely know something is there and they're moving it. When you actually like think about Jerusalem and the temple and it being sacked and the idea that the holiest of holies, which was inside of King Solomon's temple, mm -hmm. that it made its way out and that Solomon's treasures were smuggled out in the dark of night and then for hundreds and hundreds of years everywhere that these little repositories would be it's also you know something that's smuggled out so what is it like is it 
really the grail? Is it really the grail? I don't know. See, I, the, I the want, arc. I mean, is it technology? Like, that's the thing that I, like, you hear about, you know, like the oracle at Delphi or yeah. whatever, the seeing stones and shit like that, man. Well, there there are a lot of theories, especially surrounding the, the arc, about how it sounds a lot like advanced technology. It doesn't, it's, it's, it's not. Yeah, like nuclear almost. Right, exactly. And, you know, why the things that would happen to people whenever they would get close to it sounded like radiation poisoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they would get burns when they were when they were near it. Now you can chalk that up to the magic of God, or you could or you could say, well, this also sounds a lot like some sort of open nuclear reactor of some sort or whatever you want to call it. The thing that really confuses me, and again, I'm a person that was born and raised in the most Bible-thumping of churches where there's no overriding doctrine or any group of old men somewhere else that told us what to do. It was seriously a straight-up interpretation of the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. biblical text. All of this kind of started for me when I had to read the Greek a lot of that Old Testament stuff, we would actually like break down the Greek and you'd see wordplay that didn't seem like it certainly wasn't the way that the NIV or King James version, right. you know, just struggled with a way to say things like what really confused me is why is it, why is it taboo to think that the gods are alien? Yeah. I mean, the Titans, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, the gods, which Plato and Aristotle talk about. Yeah. Well, I think about traveling back 2,000 years with a phone like this. Mm-hmm. Would that not have been considered magic? For sure. At that point? Yeah. And every description of the flaming chariots. How, how, would somebody, how would somebody in ancient Egypt look at this and try to explain that in a way that made sense yeah a box of fire and light right in which information was contained right take someone's picture and show it back to them what what, what would that even mean to you when you were (laughs) when you were that you know so you have to think like if that were the case just massive technology perhaps even beyond anything that we could understand now must have looked like the the will of god to some to these people i don't understand why people aren't not that why aren't you into it it's like why is it so why is it impo- why is it impossible because that's really what i hear people yeah. say it's either it's like Meh. i mean there's a radio host with whom i work a lot <laughs> who i just randomly out of my ear heard him say something like Meh, that's you know like go watch ancient aliens or whatever yeah. you know i'll give anybody like that you know a lot of the stuff on that show is suspect and they draw conclusions that make me question them. But at the same, I think the overall concept is not. I mean, is it possible that, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I love making. I want to get that dude on, by the way, that that guy. I want, I'd love to get Giorgio on. Oh, that would be a, that would be huge. But the, the white haired guy. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it possible <laughs> that we would be able to say that perhaps the pyramids at Giza were in fact. <laughs> Formulated by aliens. Isn't it possible then? <laughs> but you know, shit, man. When they're finding stone structures that fucking match up with the Pleiades star cluster and the Indians that lived there said that the fuckers that came and taught them how to do shit came from there. Yeah. And we're like... <laughs> Let me tell you about this guy named Jesus. <laughs> okay, yeah, and a burning bush. And I mean, you're crazy, but seriously, our guy rose into the heavens and just disappeared. Yeah, but and I'm not but saying that he a- didn't. I'm not saying that he didn't. I'm just saying every person in the Bible that escaped death rose I mean, into yeah, the fucking sky. Those stories are all over the place. It aggravates me. That it's not why 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 what at what point when chariots of the gods and that started to be floated 
is it really just the fact that humanity can't deal? Even now when we're like, oh, hey, look, there's a moon right there, <laughs> you know, a couple hundred thousand light years away or whatever. It looks exactly like Earth. Yeah. They're saying all the time, like, hey, by the way, now it kind of looks like uh, there's water on Mars now. Why does Mars seem like it was a lot like Earth? And then like all of a sudden, did we leave Mars and come here? How did we? I just, I don't know. I don't understand why people are just like, no. But they allow some asshole to tell them that the only way for them to be a good person is to do stuff. And the reason that that happened is because somebody came and died and then rose from the grave. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I hate you because you're gay and you don't know Jesus. Yeah. I just don't. I also think the, like a lot of that, that really kind of like ties to the paranormal is the idea of the gin or the genies, mm-hmm. you know, which if you get into, you know, the Alibaba and the, the Arabian tales and they're talking of the people that are riding the flying carpet yeah, or whatever. If we had Michael J. Fox technology and we could just jump on a flying skateboard, that it would be a lot like flying right, a flying carpet. Right. Well, again, I mean, that's that's one of those things where looking up and you see something that is, I don't know, square shaped or I, who, who knows? Like, well, it looks like a carpet, I guess. Or maybe it's colored in a certain way. You're, you're telling your buddy, I don't know, that thing looked like a flying carpet. Like it was on fire in the sky. Yeah. I just, I, I wonder, uh, sometimes when I see these things about the demons and the evil and good and all that, and there's a lot of a connection between the jinn and the way that demons suppose that, like a lot of their trickiness. It's Wishmaster. Straight up. Is it? Have you seen that? No. Brilliant. It, it's one of the, I mean, it's. I don't know. It's one of those. I forget who did it. Was it Wes Craven? Or? I was going to say, wasn't that a Craven? I think that was Wes Craven. Didn't we just lose Craven? Wasn't he the one that just died? Uh, or, sir, who died? Um, Somebody just died. John Carpenter? John Carpenter. So Wishmaster is literally about a gin. Who? Is it cheesy? Yeah, it's cheesy. Does he have like a shit on his head? He looks like a devil. Kind of. Okay. But it's not like the blue genie of... No, no, no. It's not like uh, Disney genie. He's... he's. Wait, I'll show you a picture of him. The whole, His whole bit is... You know, it, it plays out like a... Rub this lamp. I mean, he's not in a lamp, but basically... I'll <laughs> his grant, lamp is a penis. <laughs> I'll grant you a, a wish. Rub this lamp, children. Yeah. That's his sort of... Yeah, that's creepy. There's a reason probably that I didn't watch that. <laughs> Ridiculous looking. Let me tell you, man. I would get freaked out. Yeah by movies and TV shows and shit like that. Like, I couldn't handle the Elephant Man. Like, couldn't handle Elephant Man. Did you ever see Pumpkinhead? Fuck no. <laughs> I mean, I know what it is, but God, no. I'm I, not remember that, I remember that movie scared me to death when I was a kid because yeah. it's just a, a really creepy monster design. And I, for the longest time, I thought that is the scariest movie ever made was Pumpkinhead because that monster looks so creepy. So Wishmaster, the gin in there, is... He's he's all about tricks. So you'll you'll say, I, you'll you'll make a you'll make a wish, but he'll grant it in a way that like ruins your life. I want all the money in the world, and then all the gold falls on you and kills you. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly, something like that. Tricked. Yeah, I found this book that I was sent by. You know that DK Publishing, the one that does a lot of the graphic novels. Mm-hmm. So I found this on my bookshelf, and I remember getting it, but I don't think that I ever looked at it. It's just called Trickster, and it's actually a graphic novel representation of all of these Native American stories about the... Dude, it looks amazing, and and I kind of stumbled upon it when I was thinking about the Skinwalker and stuff. Yeah. And it's got kind of some of those things, but it's just the overall general idea of the, the trickster in Indian lore. Mm-hmm is something of a supernatural force that it just kind of enjoys lock yeah in the courtyard, courtyard of, of kings, kings. <laughs> i don't know why i went down that 
I just, I don't know. I get angry about people being so fucking close-minded. It's like people that are into Bigfoot that are like Bigfoot's uh, unidentified ape species. That's all it is. It's a ancient a relic hominid. Whatever. But then they're like, God, I can't wait till we shoot one so we can prove that it's not a space creature. Because that's insane. By the way, I'm also a devout Christian. Yeah, well, you remember that guy who's telling you the story of David and Goliath? Yeah. You asked him about Bigfoot, and he says, I'm Star Wars. (laughs) Bigfoot's just one person. It's like Star Wars or Star Trek. (laughs) That sentence doesn't make any sense. Every one of those people, they were that was the Iran nuclear crisis. So yeah. God, we <laughs> we we just handed them nukes because that's what we did. When is the farthest thing that we ever had done from what had happened was, but uh, well, it says in there that there's and there's two of them that are just like exactly the same. I mean, the guy's like, basically, have you ever heard the three trumpet war described in Revelation? <laughs> and which says that from the Euphrates River, there's going to become a war that's going to be started from the Euphrates River and it's going to destroy a third of mankind. Iran is on the Euphrates River and we just gave them nukes. <laughs> and, you, and, you're saying, and you're saying this has what to do with Bigfoot? <laughs> the most stopped down but no and then the other guy he was saying basically he was like you know that was something about gay people of course it was my, my god gave abortions god poisoned the water of the jordan river to kill the babies the yeah. goliath babies <laughs> the goliath babies and and it also says that you know at the end times it's going to be like in the time of noah and in the time of noah there was abortions going on i mean god did them through water because they didn't want to have a midget for a while <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about man and that that makes perfect sense but bigfoot is store wars yeah store wars <laughs> but just the same as how crazy those people are are the people who are just the naturalist idea that there's something that has escaped us yeah, but then, but then it's impossible for it, it to be. It, oh God, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah, the height of irony yeah. that they would sit around and slap knees around a campfire about how ridiculous those people are. <laughs> They're out there getting rocks thrown at them. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Go check out Wishmaster. Like that. Before this bridge you could pass by me, you must first answer me these questions. Three. What is your name? What is your favorite color? What is the airborne velocity of an unladen swallow? I don't know that. I remember, you know, when CGI was really just kind of coming into its own in that movie. And there was one specific part where this guy tells... Tells the Wishmaster that he can't walk through. He's like a security guard, right? I can't do that. And uh, you can't come through here. Yeah, he's like you. You'd have to walk through me, and of course the the rule is you have to wish for it. So he's like, I wish you'd try to walk through me. The guy eventually gets him to say. So he turns him into a piece of glass, and then walks through him. So the the CGI of the guy stuck in the piece of glass before he gets broken into a thousand pieces. Pretty amazing movie. Okay, yeah. and I realize now it's two, and now you've already missed your mark. Probably pack this thing up. <laughs> I don't think so. I think we're just getting started. There was a ring in my ear, so I went to get the phone. Too late, someone picked it up. It must have been my clone. I used to make you laugh till you were shaking in the knee. No, I make you feel so good, but not as good as he. I felt much closer when we used to stay at home instead of sitting in the diner with you talking at my clone. Some stuff about a baby you could not have had alone. Was it him or me? He'll fill me in because I've been in a zone. Clone, 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 clone. Ugly. I didn't like your tone, so I went out drinking, left you lying with my clone. He's not just a 
homage, a reflection or an elf. He makes it so I can live vicariously through myself. My clone is hard of hearing, so he taught me how to sign. And in silence, I could see your eyes and know that you were mine. Lying in my bed, I thought I heard you moan. Is this a sign of something going on between my clone? Clone, 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 clone. I was looking at my stone The guy said, are you digging? You know, but dig one for my clone Clone 